0: This week on the Burn Podcast, we're bringing you a very special episode. Over the last four seasons on the show, we've had some incredible conversations with players and coaches from within the NFL. Now that we're halfway through the 2022 season, we wanted to bring you some of our favorite moments from those conversations and share them in a special episode today. Okay, that's enough from me now. Let's get into this week's episode.
1: Like to me, the, the moments I'll remember of like my legacy will be days that I stayed after and picked up the locker room and guys don't even know it. Like I picked up their cleats and picked up their stuff and put it away and felt like, hey, I want to make sure the equipment managers know, like, I love you guys, man. I, it ain't right for our locker room to look like this. Like they see that, that, that equipment room goes, man, Big Wit picked up the whole locker room for us, dude. That's cool as crap. Like I feel important. He did that for us. I want to like, I'll think of the moments that like, you know, the ops team or somebody that I like, took them lunch or gave them all a gift certificate at the end of the year to just tell them how much they meant to me or the training staff, taking them to dinner, taking them on trips in the off season, like things to just make people feel important and special. And like, you don't just take them for granted. To me, I hope that my legacy will be when people were with me in an organization or they had a chance to be a part of things with me, they'll go, you know, one guy that I know appreciated what I did for a living, like this dude, he appreciated me. And I think when you make other people feel better about themselves and better about their value to who they are to you, then that spreads to other people because then they go and do the same thing to people around them. It makes them take notice of what that meant to them. And then they do it to others. And then before you know it, just like a bad cold, that infects the whole building. And everybody in that building, now has a a demeanor and an attitude and a culture of, man, I want to make sure the people around me feel better about who they are and why I appreciate them. And when you start to have that, you are the ultimate burn because nobody wants a piece of that fire. Because when your fire in an organization goes from three guys that are really special, they're just good football players and and can be good on a football field to a hundred people that love each other, care for each other, and are going to do anything they can to fight for one another, that's one big ass fire you don't want to be part of. And to me, that's what the ultimate goal was. And I hope that that's what my legacy ends up being is that everywhere I was, it was about the people I got an opportunity to do stuff with.
2: Uh, Peyton throws a more catchable, I would say, pass. The the anticipation is there. Eli throws a better spiral. (laughs) Um, I don't know who's funnier. They're both funny, both great and incredible leaders great and incredible dads awesome teammates best storytellers i've ever been around the two manning brothers so they have a they have a lot of fun obviously people can see that on that monday night football cast but i've learned a lot from all of them peyton the way you treat people in in your preparation and your process and the way he understood the game i mean what he did as a quarterback will never ever be able to be done again in terms of his mind pre-snap reads audibles And how you can adapt that and relate that to business is how are you adapting in real time?
3: You know, with with much, you know, like
4: power comes a lot of responsibility. And so I don't say that uh, to give anybody that's listening to this guilt or shame that you're not doing enough. Like, let that be our sense of urgency, because as soon as you were as soon as you were born, that airplane started its descent. And eventually our life is going to be over. And I just don't want anybody listening to this to waste one more minute seeking the approval of other people. And at the end of the day, if I can sum up this entire time that we've had together, Ben, my encouragement to everybody listening to this is to play for an audience of one.
2: That's a hell of a question. Um, Draft day was one of the worst days of my life, right? It was that, that day of... 32 executives and head coaches telling you you're not good enough for our investment and that was bone-shattering for me as a 22 year old kid with all the hopes and dreams and the plans of being an NFL football player like you were saying the big thing for me right there on that path of uncertainty the path of you know I was I was at a fork in the road in my life it was go to Oracle and start selling software for the rest of my life. Or it was take this path of least or of most resistance of all, all the issues that could possibly happen, of all of this, you know, failure that that could possibly happen and try this undrafted route. And that moment where, you know, I was able to, I know I talk about this, you know, when my dad, you know, sat me down the next morning after this draft day, I'm going to head out to Alameda, California. He's like, are you ready to go take a job? Are you ready for that? And it wasn't handed to me. It wasn't given. And there was a moment there where I was able to internalize this burn, this feeling of inside of me where there was no more trying to find some sort of validation from anybody else. No coach, no general manager, no teammate could tell me, oh, you're great, you're, you're good enough. No, it was like internalized now.
0: So many times people say to me, like, what is my burn? I don't know what my burn is. So Eric has some of those deep emotional adversity-driven burns, right? From watching what his brother endured, right? To his connection with God, now his family, But what I also heard, your short-term burn was, I will be a number one draft pick. And so you can have a short-term goal that becomes a burn. Because remember, the burn is what ignites the why and the purpose to drive action. And that's what it did for you, which I think is powerful. I wanted to highlight that because we get emails and DMs and people saying, I don't know what my burn is. Well, then have a short-term goal. But then, if you pay attention to what Eric said, you reset it. You said, okay, now what's next? Mm -hmm. And I know that what's next mentality is everything to you, right?
5: Yeah, and I'll say this real quick on on the short-term and long-term burn, because you hit the nail on the head, because I'll often encourage guys, whether they're in college or whether they're a businessman, man, make the background of your phone. I know how long you're looking at your phone each day. Make the background of your phone something that is is going to ignite you. And sometimes that's a short-term goal. Heck, it might be a Rolex that you want to buy, and that's the goal that you're going to, when you have this many sales, that's what I'm going to get. Okay, that might be your short-term burn, your short-term goal. But as I would run sprints in college, I would always say this before a conditioning session, your brother didn't even have a chance to walk. How are Mm. you going to complain about running? I don't care how hot it is, how cold it is. Like your brother couldn't even walk. And you're going to sit here and complain about running? You get to run. You don't have to run today. You get the opportunity to run, to wear the Louisville Cardinal uniform. You get to do that. Well, then I have a little different mindset heading into that workout. Got to keep fighting. You keep fighting. And I don't. I,
4: I wrote a first-person um, story a couple of years ago at K-State, and the title of it was "Keep Surviving." And you know, it's not always about. <clears throat> obviously, I'm, I'm a winner we're all winners we want to win we want to compete but there is some there's some point in time in life where you just got to survive and advance a little bit you know and and get through the process and 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 that's what that's what I did I mean after I hurt my shoulder I was in the training room every single day and happened to start over a little bit throwing a football and I mean, it's literally starting from square one. And that was so terrifying to me because there's so many thoughts of is it gonna be the same? You know, what is this gonna look like? I've never I never faced any severe injury ever in my life until then. This is the first time I faced it. Um but I connected with with people who I knew in my life who had faced some severe injuries, and I put a plan together of how am I gonna attack this. And when those thoughts come to mind of of doubt and second guessing um, I'm stopping in that moment and I'm erasing those thoughts. And I'm strictly focusing on positive thoughts, positive thinking. What are things that I can control right now in this moment on this day to get to where I want to be in the future?
3: Literally, when your parents believe in you that much and when they're instilling this type of confidence in you that much, you start to believe it as a young kid. Right. And until you're developing your confidence, you're you're getting that from somewhere. And so just that high level of if I want something to happen. It's done as soon as I want it to happen. And then now it's the manifestation of me doing that and my daily actions, carrying the process out. But mentally, it's set, And I think that was the thing that, you know, whether it's me writing down in the fourth grade, I was going to play prof- professional football. It was real to me at that point because my parents told me that I could do it. And then when I was injured, once I focused and decided that's what I wanted to do, it was real then. I didn't need any validation from anyone else. And I think that was the biggest lesson that I, that I took from my parents.
2: I wanna be a person people look up to. I wanna be a guy that's not a statistic. I will find a way to live in a way to make that right because no one wants to go to bed out of alignment. Nobody. I'll lose sleep. So if I tell myself I'm this person and I, I can live in alignment I can sleep like a baby. When you don't, when the story's here and you're living different, ah, you get this, this separation, you feel, you feel bad about yourself and it becomes a difficult life. So if someone's in the sideline right now going, man, I don't know what to do. First off, realize you can change something. Realize it's a story you're telling yourself. Two, change the story. And three, tell yourself what the ending looks like and live into the ending. Think about
0: the little things. You meet your wife, you go make three Pro Bowls, but she shook you up a little bit getting you to think differently. So tell us about that garden.
4: Well, I think when when people want to be successful, they say you need to be obsessed with with things. And I think that's absolutely true. Anything that is worth fighting for, you need to be obsessed about. But it's also about being um, obsessed from a... A more diverse standpoint so it's not just focusing I need to focus so much on being successful in football I need to be so I need to make sure my weights are here I can lift this I can run this far it's also you know being obsessed about being a good person being a a good father being a good husband and uh, and me being a good friend and the more you water all those plants we talk about the garden you you water all these plants and if you if you exclude one well that dying plant's gonna hurt the rest of those plants in, in your garden so it's important to make sure you stay in And stay on those checks and balances of making sure that, you know, everything's being watered and taken care of in every part of your life.
6: Uh, But so many times, just as social media, one of the disadvantages is many times people read into postings as a perfect life versus I wish we would post more of the process to the perceived perfect life because there's none. The burn that comes to me to answer that question, Ben, is the burn to not quit. Mm. Success is the ability to bear pain, not be a pain. I wish I could tell you it's been 27 years of bliss. It's been great. It has not. I wish I can tell you raising the, four, the three girls and the son has been easy. It has been great. There has been challenging times. And the biggest passion point burn right now that's coming to me to make sure anybody's listening before I go into any of the 55 interceptions, all those things, to be great in life that God has called all of us to be great at something. There is a level of understanding that there is a burn to stay in it, to not quit, to understand that every part of it is a part of helping develop you to become the person you are supposed to be at each phase of your life.
7: For me, man, I think it really comes from like an an underdog perspective. Like uh, you talk about the sport hernia and the stuff where I'm thinking about back when I was undrafted trying to make a team and stuff like that. It's that thought of people doubting and the stuff that would like keep it'd be like laying in bed at night and stuff just keeps you up because you're thinking of stuff that just you want to accomplish so bad because you know what you're capable of, right? It's it's kind of, it all stems around that underdog mentality of people doubting and you just know what you can bring to the table. And I, I'm just, that kind of stuff always keeps me up and I'm always trying to find ways to tap into my potential. And also as I'm doing that and once I'm doing that, bringing that, taking that value and putting it into, say, whether it's my teammates or just other people's lives. This
4: is something that has helped me tremendously. I get my mind in the right position where I'm humble first, I start on the ground, I start on my knees, and realize it's not about me, there's a bigger purpose, my family, this team, the people I get to impact, all those lifestyle things where I live through,
5: but trying to bring the best to to everyone of myself, That legacy statement that you helped me develop, when I read that, at that point in the morning, it resets my focus
4: as to, this is me. This is where I'm going. This is how I'm going to get there. Starting today, starting right now at 3.30 in the morning. Now 3.31, I'm already being productive out of the next thing. Now it's 3.32, let's go. How can I be even better? How can I get to that point? It's that legacy statement. It's the I am statements that really focus me and get me centered mentally.
7: For me, it's uh, funny. I used to be able to go to my brother's football games before I was legally able to play football um, in Pop Warner and I remember being on the sideline with my dad uh, like I just couldn't couldn't wait to get out there. He's like no you gotta wait your turn you gotta (laughs) wait your turn and I'm like man I can play I can play and then it wasn't until nine when I was able to play and you know he was gone by then but you know from that moment on and when I started playing football um, a lot of the memories of me being on the sideline with him racing across the street uh, to the garage was like, okay, I always wanted to play, but now it's a different meaning. The love of the game became even deeper because of those memories that I have with my father.
8: Remember that last thing you always say, you know, legacy. Carry on your mom's legacy. And I take that to heart every time. And, you know, her last name was David. We have the same last name. And I, I got to know every time I walk out of the door, I carry her last name. <clears throat> so I gotta, So I got to be able to, you know, represent it the right way. Every time I wake up in the morning, I walk out my door before I actually need a house. It's a picture, and and like right before I get to the door of her, where I kiss it and you know, just thank God. And I just remember her before I walk out the door to know that I'm wearing her last name. And I gotta, I gotta try to honor that, honor that the best way I can because she did so much for me in my life, and it was so much that I wanna do for her. So even though she's not here, I'm still. Doing what I can for her because you know she, she, she raised me the right way, and it's a, a lot of stuff that I have to accomplish. Also, the simple fact, what you know she put me in the position to do.
4: i competitive, you're not going to last because every single day, um, teams are looking to put the best roster out there. I mean, if, if you don't have what it takes, or if you if your level of uh play drops, I mean, they're going to find somebody else on the street and replace you. I mean, it's you have you have to be motivated um, within yourself, and you have you have to be willing to get better every single day. I mean, you take the bad days and learn from them, and um, take the good days with a grain of salt and try to stack them.
0: How about for you, Jason?
4: Well, I think being <clears throat> one of thirty-two is what makes being in the NFL that much more special. I mean, when you graduate college, you you get thrown into a pool of you know, so many kickers, and it's how how do you set yourself apart from from those kickers to to place you as one of the thirty two? You know what I'm saying? But I think there's about a hundred guys out there that are good enough to kick in the NFL. I think they have the ability to kick and punt, but when they get the chance, I think I think they're just not in the right headspace, and so you know I think a lot of people lose the battle before it even starts.
9: But I never dreamed as big when I was a kid. I never thought. One day I'm gonna get drafted in the NFL. Until I got to like, uh to like elementary, like fourth grade, fourth fifth grade, I, I like we used to have like uh, assignments and stuff, and it'll have uh, your career. What do you want to be? I will put NFL. What do you <laughs> want? To be? So, and I get in trouble. My teacher would be like, "Come on, let's like let's pick something realistic. Like, you're not gonna go to NFL. Like, no, it's very slim chance you wanna go to NFL. Like, she always would tell me that." And yeah, you know, I, I always ignored it. Like always, I never paid attention. I still wrote NFL in my papers on my like, boy. <laughs> as
10: I watch film, as I break down, you know, the opponent that we're about to face uh, that week, you know, I just like I said, I constantly remind myself of who I am, you know, and I know, you know, when I when I step on the field, you know, my mindset is, you know, I'm the baddest dude out here, you know, and I got I got to play like that, so. It's like, you know, I just I compete with myself, you know, even when I get tired, even when I'm fatigued, you know, I just I just try my best to just keep pushing because, you know, that'll that'll help and affect me, you know, on Sundays and I'll be able to push through and fight, you know, for four quarters on Sundays, So it's just it's just my mindset, you know, I feel like it's, it's just different, you know, and I, and as I got older, as I matured, you know, as I got to the NFL, it just. I get really clicked for me, you know, every day I just try my best to, to do something different.
11: To be the man of the house at a very young age. And so it was my sister in the household and my mother and my grandmother. So I'm the only, you know, male figure in the household. So it was like, I always felt like I had this certain type of responsibility, you know, and then given the size I had, uh, athletic ability, it was like, all right, you know, let's try to make something happen with it. Yeah, I almost quit actually my, um, in my sophomore or junior year, I told my mom, like, I think I'm just focused on basketball. Like I feel like that's where I wanna make it. But uh she told me like there's no way. <laughs> like she shut it all the way down like that's not happening.
0: Was it because of your size? Was it yeah, because like, of she thought
11: <clears throat> she thought football was what was gonna be my calling. Like, you know, she didn't want me to give up on it and uh, you know, I took her advice. You know, I stuck with it. Um and then like the next year everything just blew up. Like, I got to play varsity my uh, junior year, uh, produced a lot, and then um, shit, the dice just started rolling.
12: And, and and that was the message. It was like, you have to, at some point, be uncomfortable with, with what you want to do, because if you continue to st- set yourself in a comfortable a comfortable goal or a comfortable setting like that's what you're going to achieve you're going to achieve what you've done before and we obviously North Dakota State has been really successful for a long time um, and I got to be part of it but we were coming off the first time we hadn't won a national championship that's when i wrote these goals it was that off season and guys were fired up and wanted to go improve. and um and the whole thing was how can we make it better how how can it when when i leave in two years let's make this this thing better than it ever has been and so um it was really uncomfortable for me to sit down and write some really big things like uh, like you said and, and, and winning a national championship and, and doing all these things and uh, you know making an NFL roster like that stuff was uncomfortable for me. College really when I was growing up I was just, I was just a self-motivated kid I really was I, I wanted to be the best at everything like, I didn't even like school but I wanted to get A's because I wanted to beat other people like that's just how I was so I was kind of I don't know if you want to call that lucky or not but I was a, com- a really competitive kid uh, my parents could tell you that um, for sure so that was kind of why I was motivated I didn't I never really thought about it when i was younger even through high school like i just liked competing i liked to play but like the older you get um, the more you realize like, uh, different things for motivation and, and why you do things like, why am I, why am I going to this fall camp, you know, for, for 12 hours a day and beating the, the heck out of myself. Um, like, why am I doing this? And for me, like what I like to tell people is if you can find a, a reason bigger than yourself, if you can, if you do things be, not just for yourself, cause you can let yourself down and it's easy, right? Like, I, I don't want to get up out of bed and do this, but I'm only cheating myself. When you realize you're cheating other people and when you're affecting other people, um, that for me was the biggest motivation sometimes uh, As you go, and you know, maybe if
9: things are, are going, you know, great um, You know, you might forget about the bigger picture uh, You may kind of lose sight a little bit or you might kind of lax off a little bit if, if maybe you're winning a lot Or even maybe if you're losing a lot, Like you could always lose sight. So for me, Um, you know, of course I was always driven and I was always ready to go. Um, but you know, there were also times where, you know, I didn't feel like practicing. Uh, you know, there were also times where, you know, I was tired that day. Um, and and like I said, I wanted to make sure I didn't let my coaches down. I didn't let my, my teammates down. So, you know, I always played hard, uh, no matter, you know, no matter what it was. Um, so, you know, I think that's just, uh, you know, that's something that, that, you know has that you know that it's part of that burn in me that wants to be great um, and that's something that fueled me
13: i had a lot of adversity when i first came in guys you know coming from a very small school and uh, for bill walsh the head coach for the san francisco 49ers to draft me in the first round and i was a 16 player taken there's a lot of expectation so, because once you draft someone in the first round, if that player is a bust or anything like that, you're not going to be able to uh, regroup from that. So, I had some adversity when I first came in because I was dropping footballs. And that was something I had never done. And um, and I had to fight through, uh, you know, fight through that adversity, you know, and, and say, you know how to catch a football. You have done this, you know, over and over again. Now, what what is the cause of this and it was uh this big book that they handed to me you know of the offense and it was so much i had to comprehend so it took me a while to adjust to that but then once i i got comfortable uh with the terminology and all of that i was able to just go out and just be myself because i i i know how to catch a football and I prided myself on that. It's
9: a number of things. The burn.
13: I think one, I, I truly have a vision
9: to leave a legacy and to, to, in some capacity, impact this world beyond just taking care of my family and, you know, doing the things that I know that the the the, the monetary benefit from playing in the NFL could provide. So I think the first the first burn is like what does that legacy look like? Like what did I do in this world? Like one day when I'll be gone, which I unfortunately I don't know why I think of, like the reality of one day I'll be gone. And when I'm gone, what will my mark on this world be? And it was
7: gonna be what are you gonna do, Jonas? What are you gonna do to make sure that all the people that sacrifice for you? All the sacrifices you make for yourself, I I I had to make sure that I knew that all I was going to do was take that next step. Whatever it was, whether it had been the recovery process, um, whether it would have been you know, a, a, a process of trying to figure out what agent I would sign with, how I would get in the NFL, I knew no matter what, my goal of playing in the NFL was going to be there. You know, a lot of it, you know, has to do with, you know, how I was brought up and how no matter what, me and my mom used to always say, hey, your, your plan A is your plan A. You know, put everything you have, put all your, all your emotion, all your strengths, everything into something, and then it's going to work out. So that's a part of it. But I think along the way, as you grow as a person and you go through these different things, you have to find different things to motivate you.